Amen. Well, family, it is good to see you this morning. Before we dive into uh, the message, I want to take a moment and uh, just kind of give you an update on something that we have been praying about and talking about for um, what feels like eternity, but, um, but, but for a long time. And that is for the last two years, we have been uh, in, in the search for uh, somebody to serve as our worship music pastor, uh, right? So if you've been around for, for a while, you know that. That's been kind of a, a long-term kind of thing we've been doing. Uh, it's been awesome during this kind of interim time that our, our, our you know, volunteers and the people who serve in this church have been doing an incredible job um, kind of leading us for two years. Uh, it's, it's incredible and awesome for them to be doing that. Um, and, and it's taken a toll on them, and it's also... Um, you know, it's just challenging because, you know, the consistency thing that, you know, it's kind of different every week and all that. And so we've just been praying. We, we employed a, a search company to help us in the process of, of searching. And all, they came up with a few, um, you know, potentials, but um, none of them were a match at, at all. Uh, in fact, we didn't get past maybe a conversation or two uh, with, with our church here. Uh, and, and that contract ran out, and then we sort of, you know, advertise ourselves through our, through our larger family, the Christian Missionary Alliance, and through some other you know, search sites out there um, with z- literally zero um, responses, which is kind of crazy because I, I've never experienced that before. And, and what, what, what this is, uh, I, I think, uh, because I'm, I'm talking to colleagues and friends and uh, looking at other churches in the area, and, and the reality is is we are unfortunately in a season where there are far, far more people leaving vocational ministry than entering vocational ministry. Uh, and, and, and that's sort of the result of it, is it's just really, really challenging to find people uh, to serve in different ways. And so, you know, as we've been kind of praying and working through that, and, and frankly, a little bit of discouragement in that, and saying, God, what, what's going on um, in, in that process? Um, we had a, a, a new family, maybe about a, a little over a year ago, who started attending our church, uh, the Bird Songs, John, Elise, and their kids. And, uh, and John very quickly jumped in and started serving on our worship team and, uh, and has just proven himself over this last year or so just to be faithful and, and has been you know, gifted and able to play like, kind of multiple instruments and, and just has a really heart for this area. And so God began kind of moving my heart and changing to say, well, what if you know, we, we changed kind of what we're looking to fill rather than a full-time kind of pastoral position? What if um, maybe God's leading us to, to bring somebody on in a part-time role uh, to kind of lead uh, in the season that we're in right now? And, and so I, I want to you know, introduce you to somebody you've, you've seen probably many, many times, and that is John. Come on up here, John. There's a mic right there. So this is John Birdsong. Uh, they've been a part of our church for the last year or so, a little bit more, and uh, you've seen him up here leading and playing different instruments. And, uh, and, and today is his first day serving in a part-time role uh, on our staff. He's got, he's got his day job, um, but he's going to be you know, serving here and kind of leading our teams and uh, leading up here you know, probably you know, three weekends a month and just kind of giving us some, some you know, uh, leadership and some stability in this area. And I believe that, John, God brought you and your family here for such a time as this. And so what would you like to say to the family? Oh, Absolutely. So like most, you know, during the pandemic, we struggled to find community, um, kind of bounced around between churches that were open and not and this and that. So 
um, for probably a year before we came here, my wife and I were knowing that we needed to find some place in our community, we live in Arlington, um, that we feel at home and feel community and, and we're very thankful that God brought us here. We quickly found that, we quickly found community here um, and very excited about this opportunity to serve. Um, like, like Jim said, the, the people that have been volunteering have done an awesome job. Um, I'm happy, I'm glad that we can kind of provide some more consistency and stability to the, to the program. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd ask two things. Um, anybody out there who's, who's sneakily not on the team that plays something, <laughs> come talk to me. Um, if you play or sing or anything, I'd love to have a conversation. And then I'd ask everyone, Join us, sing. Like if if you guys aren't singing, we've failed. Yeah. So um, please sing. That's that's what I'd ask. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to pray over you and uh, family. If any of you feel comfortable doing this, just reach your hand out and just a sign of, of just prayer and support. And we just want to pray over the beginning of this ministry. God, I just want to thank you for John and for his family, and I thank you for bringing them here and for the fact that they have plugged into your family here and plugged into the life of this church and to serving here. And God, I, I just believe that this is an answer to a, 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 a prayer that we have lifted many, many times over a long time. And, and God, I believe um, that you have provided, John, for such a time as this in the life of our church. And so I pray for your anointing to rest upon him, for you to enable him in every way to lead and to serve. And I pray that you'd fill him with a deep and passionate heart to worship. And he would lead us not just in songs or in singing, but he would lead us in worshiping and making much of you. And so we pray for your anointing over this new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks, man. Thank you for your many prayers uh, during this time. That's awesome. Well, last week, I don't know if how many of you were here last week, last Sunday, okay? Okay, so you know that uh, you didn't have your normal seat, right? You came in here, and we were set up, and this, there was a stage in the middle of this room, and just a totally different kind of deal, and it was our celebration Sunday where we look back over the last year, and we celebrate all that God has been doing uh, in, in, within our lives and within this church, and, uh, and, and you heard a bunch of stories, right, which were sweet, sweet stories uh, of different ways in which God has been at work in individuals' lives. And, and I love it. I loved celebrating with you. And, and it was kind of fun. Like right now, you're seeing the backs of heads. But it was kind of fun to be set up a little bit different. Every once in a while, we'll do that as you see kind of the, the people's faces, you know, as we celebrate together. That was an awesome, awesome weekend of celebrating. Uh, but there's one story that you did not hear last week. And, uh, and I want you to hear it today. And it's, uh, it's, it's the story of, of Tim and Sharon O'Hara. Uh, and God has been doing a work in them, uh, in Tim's heart and life, over um, you know, a number of years. But specifically, recently, God has been doing something to him. And I want you to hear one more story as a, as a testimony that God is at work by his spirit. So guys, come on up here. Welcome them, would you? Yeah, thank you for being willing to stand before these scary people and, uh, and share a little bit. Uh, Tim, I'm just going to start by asking you uh, kind of the same question we asked last week, which is, you know, we're celebrating uh, God at work. So what do you celebrate how God has been at work in your life recently? 
Well, recently, um, I come from a home that was broken at three years old, um, very disheveled, very destructive. Um, my parents divorced, and then my mother remarried. Um, and from the time that my mother remarried, me and my sister both um, were forced into physical and sexual abuse um, from my stepfather. And <clears throat> that went on for many, many years. And at the age of 15, I had enough. I left, um, um, which came with more problems in itself, uh, the guilt of leaving my sister behind, the shame of um, what had happened for the last you know, 10, 12 years. Um, and it's embarrassment. Never told anybody, didn't want to tell anybody, and the person that I did tell didn't believe me. Mm. Um, so that shame of what I was feeling just culminated and culminated throughout the years. Mm. Um, it led me to um, a Christian counselor and therapist about two years ago, which helped quite a bit. Um, but tell you the truth, the enemy wouldn't let it go. Mm. Um, so recently, um, the Holy Spirit put on certain people's hearts that I was hurting, which I had even no idea that this is what was happening. And um, over the last month or so, I, I met with them and started healing prayer. Okay, okay. And God has totally changed me through that. Um, it's one of those experiences that you go through, and I was fearful, scared. You know, I didn't know what to think was going to happen with healing prayer. Um, but I knew I needed something, and I'm going to listen because God and the Spirit put me on their hearts. Yeah. And it totally changed the way I think about it. Um, the shame, sometimes I, it comes back, and then the Holy Spirit takes it away again because I'm free and I'm clear. Amen. It wasn't me. I shouldn't be shameful. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Tim, first of all, I just want to thank you. I mean, we, we sat in my office this week, and I said, are you sure you want to share that kind of detail? And, uh, and I just want to thank you for being that vulnerable and that open to share, you know, something that for a year, your entire life has been a voice of shame in you, that you are willing to stand before these people and say this. Uh, and, and you're saying that because the Spirit of God has done an incredible work in you in, in setting you free. Yes. Um, and, and continuing to set you free from that shame and guilt that's been at work in has. your life. Uh, and, and it was sweet to, uh, to be able to sit down with you and, uh, and to just listen and to pray uh, and to see God uh, reveal some things to you about the, the root of all of this and, uh, and to set you free in that. Yes. And, and I want to ask you, so, so we, we prayed together um, about a month ago. Uh, what has happened since? What's going on since that? Well, just like the song we sang, My Heart Needed a Surgeon, I got one. Mm. It like removed it. It's like I had this huge weight on me that I could not get off. Couldn't do it. And God just lifted it. Amen. I mean, when I left that day, <clears throat> you asked me, well, how are you feeling? I said, I'm trembling, but it's not from fear. It's the Holy Spirit, yeah. and he's been steadily keeping on me. Um, I just have to remember to go to him because mm -hmm. he'll fill me fresh every day. Yeah, yeah. 
uh, you were talking about sensing a new level of peace even uh, as you sleep. Tell us about that. I've had sleep problems for a number of years. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD um, through 37 years of law enforcement and military. Um, so I'm, I, I can't sleep at all. So I'm on medications to help me sleep. Um, and they didn't help when I slept. They, they'd still, I'd still wake up in the middle of the night, um, have horrible nightmares, and I'm on medications for nightmares too. Um, but since then, I can sleep. I don't remember any dreams or nightmares, which I'm okay with. <laughs> um, Amen. So he's just gave me a piece just to make it through the night, which helps physically and mentally. So. Mm, that is so awesome. That is so awesome. Sharon, as, as Tim's wife, and as you've been sort of watching this whole process and walking through the really hard stuff, as well as seeing God do a new work in him, what, what have you noticed in Tim's heart and life? Well, I'm so excited about all that I've seen that I could probably write a book or make a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'd be a cool movie. Uh, <laughs> but um, what I've seen especially since that day, is his ability to sleep, which is a big deal to me. Yeah. Um, and also just his um, desire to pray. Like um, sometimes we pray together three times a day now. I mean, it's a, it's a moment-by-moment moment struggle for him sometimes, so... Um, but it's awesome to just say, hey, can, for him to say, can we pray? And it can be any time, day or night, when we're at work, when we're at home, in the middle of the night, we just pray. And um, that's, been, that's been the most significant, like, it was only a few weeks ago, right? So yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty huge difference. That's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. it's beautiful. Thank you. Family, isn't that incredible? Amen. Yeah. I, I just want to pray a blessing over you right now. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that you have, you have been for some time working in Tim's heart and life and, and bringing about healing in different areas of his life. And there's this one nagging area that just has not left with this shame and this guilt that the enemy has just held over him for years and years. And I just want to celebrate today, Holy Spirit, that you, in your kindness and your power, chose to set him free. And I know that you want to continue to do a work of freedom and healing in Tim's heart and life and mind. And I trust you to do that. And we celebrate you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, you guys. I wanted, I wanted you to hear one more story today to remind you that the same Holy Spirit that we've been talking about over the last uh, couple of months in this series is still alive and is still at work in human hearts. And... and, and 
and, and I want you to hear that and believe that. And even if you're sitting there right now and you're hearing that and you're saying, that's great that that happened in all those people who shared last week. And it's great that it happened in these guys, but nothing's happening in my life. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is alive and well and is available to be at work in you. It may look differently. It will look differently in all of our lives, how he brings healing and restoration and his power. But I'm just telling you, he is alive and at work. In October, we began a new series, a series that we call um, Family Spirit, right, as we walk through the book of Acts, and, uh, and, and then we took a break. We took a break from Christmas all the way through the month of January, so it's been a while since we've been there. And today, we're back in it. We're going to jump back into the series. Uh, and, and what I want to do today, since it's been you know, four months since we started the series, uh, is I want to I um, remind you of where we've been so far to sort of catch you up. Maybe some of you weren't even around when we started this series. And so I want to give you an idea, uh, sort of a, uh, we'll do like a 30,000 foot flyover of the first two chapters of Acts, because that's as far as we've gotten in the last you know, three months, right? Um, because we're sort of taking this slowly and carefully and, and really dissecting what it's saying. And so I want to sort of take the flyover view of the first two chapters of Acts today and remind you of where we have been um, so that you'll be encouraged in where we're going as we continue to follow along in this book. So, so where it all begins and where we began this series is with a promise. The promise of the Spirit. That's where the book of Acts begins. Jesus made a promise that help was coming. A promise that his church, his people, would not be left to fend for themselves, to try and figure this out for themselves, but that they would receive power, they would receive the presence, and they would receive the help of his Spirit. That was the promise that Jesus made. In fact, let me remind you of one of the times Jesus made that promise. We find it in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 16. And it says this, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells in you and will be with you. I love this passage because Jesus says, I will ask my Father, and he will give you another helper, right? And, and I, I mean, I've heard a lot of promises before, but that one's pretty ironclad because it's from Jesus himself. He says, I will ask the Father, and he will do this, and you will receive another helper. And the reason he said another helper is because up until this point, as he's speaking with his followers, he has been their helper. And he's been walking with him. He's saying, another helper is coming. I'm leaving, and you're going to receive a helper who will be with you. In fact, he says, not just with you, but in you forever. That was the promise that Jesus made. He said it this way, I promise that a helper, that the spirit of truth, he's speaking of Holy Spirit, will be with you. He made the promise And he kept the promise, which we'll look at in just a second, a promise that was made to everyone who follows Jesus. So this is what this means. It means this, that if you are here today and you are a follower of Jesus, that you put your trust in Jesus, then it means this, that you have a a helper. 
You guys are alive here today, right? Okay, okay. Okay, I was just beginning to wonder for just a second, like, he hadn't all disappeared. Okay, okay. You have a powerful helper. Which means that you are not alone. You have not been left to figure this out on your own. You have not been left to try and try and try to figure out how to follow Jesus in your own strength. You have been given a helper to help you, to empower you in following after Jesus. In fact, Jesus promised that his spirit would be poured out on us. That his spirit would fill us and give us everything we need to do everything that he asks of us. You and I have a helper. Now maybe, maybe it's that word helper that throws us off sometimes. Right? Because I don't know about you, but when I think of the word helper, I think of like you go to school and you have the teacher and then you have the helper. Right? And maybe that's some parent who shows up who just can't let go of their kid. Or, you know, maybe it's just some of you, they come over and they go, or maybe it's just a, a student, an older student for another class and they're a helper. Like they just sort of like, oh, I'll help you glue that, you know, or I'll, I'm a helper. And I need you to understand the word helper here is not like that. If that's the image you have in your mind, it's just somebody who's like not really competent, but you know, they'll help you a little bit, you know, they'll come alongside. No, 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 no. This is the helper. The only help you will ever need is found in him. And he has the power and the ability to help you in every way and in every need you'll ever have. The book of Acts opens with this remarkable promise. And until that promise was fulfilled, his followers were asked to wait. Just wait for it. I promise he's coming, but you just need to wait. In fact, listen to how Acts opens up in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, And while staying with them, this is Jesus after his resurrection, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Just as God had made good on his promise to send a Savior, Jesus, so he will make good on his promise to send a helper. But here's the thing. Jesus was not the only one or the first one to ever make a promise that we would receive help from his spirit. In fact, God, the spirit inspired a prophet named Joel to write about this spirit being poured out. In Joel 20, chapter 2, verse 28, it says this, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on, on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men will see dreams and your young men will see visions. The Spirit inspired Joel to write about a future time when the Spirit would be poured out on men and women, young and old, in a very personal and powerful way. 
And in the first chapter of Acts, those 120 small group of followers of Jesus prayed and they waited for the promise to be fulfilled. And then just 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, the promise of the Spirit became the presence of the Spirit. The promise was fulfilled in a dramatic and powerful way. Here's what we read. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared on them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. In the middle of their waiting, in the middle of their praying, the Bible tells us that a gust of wind filled the house where they were sitting. But this wasn't any ordinary wind. This wasn't some afternoon breeze. This was the presence of Holy Spirit that was rushing in. The help that had been promised had arrived in a powerful and in an undeniable way. That day, the Bible tells us that the Spirit filled not a select few, but every follower of Jesus. They were all filled and empowered by the Spirit that day. And they were given in that moment this miraculous ability to speak the truth about Jesus in languages that they had never learned before. Because at that time in Jerusalem, because there was this festival going on, there were people from all over the world speaking all kinds of different languages. And in that moment, when the Spirit of God came, they were given the ability to speak about Jesus in all these other languages. And people began to hear in their own native tongue the truth about Jesus. It was an incredible day. The Holy Spirit was helping them start this mission that Jesus had given them. Earlier he said, you need to go into all the world and share the truth about me. And in that moment, that mission was begun. That people from all kinds of nations, all kinds of languages and backgrounds and ethnic groups began to hear the truth about Jesus. And the Bible says this, that that day, in that one moment, as they heard the truth about Jesus, that 3,000 of them came to faith in Jesus. There was a, it started with 120. Can you imagine 3,000 on that day? It was incredible. The promise was kept and the Spirit was present now. And then the rest of Acts 2 and really the remainder of the book describes the power of the Spirit at work in the church. The power of the Spirit. Now although the way in which the Spirit filled the people in that church, that day was unique in that there was 
wind rushing through. There was fire somehow on each one of them. I don't know. And there was this miraculous ability to speak these other languages. Even though the way in which the Spirit was given and the way that promise was kept was unique, the promise remains the same for us. That Holy Spirit is your helper if you are a follower of Jesus. And the Spirit wants to fill you with his power, helping you over and over and over and over again to give you the power that you need to follow Jesus day by day. You see, oftentimes we look at what happened in the book of Acts chapter 2 on the day called Pentecost. And it's easy to say, well, that was just a one-time thing. That, that was one time that ever happened in history. But the truth is that that was one of many times when the Spirit filled and empowered his people. That was Acts chapter 2. Go two chapters later, chapter 4, verse 31. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. This time there was a shaking that happened and they were filled with boldness because they were beginning to get some pushback from the world around them and they had boldness to speak the truth of Jesus. Several chapters later, Acts chapter 13, verse 52, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Over and over again, what we see is this filling and filling and filling again of the power of the Spirit. You see, you are gifted with the presence of the Spirit when you come to faith in Jesus, and you need to continually be filled and refilled with the power of the Spirit to follow Him day by day. I know that for me personally, I regularly pray, Spirit, I need you. Would you please help me now? Would you help me now? Just before stepping up here this morning, I was praying that very prayer. Spirit, I need you. I can't do this on my own. Would you empower me? Would you fill me afresh? Would you help me? I need your help. As we come to the conclusion of Acts chapter 2, we are given, um, and, we, and we sort of camped out there for several weeks, we, we are given this compelling picture of how the Spirit helped and empowered them as the church. We see this new devotion begin to rise up, and it describes for us what that, that early church looked like, and, and it says that they were devoted to these four particular practices. They devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread together, and to prayer. And as you begin to read that description of what was happening in the early church, especially when it comes to their, um, their incredible generosity in meeting the needs of other people, it seems crazy. It seems over the top. And what might feel like radical practices in the early church was really just the power of God's Spirit being poured out on ordinary people. See, it wasn't like these people were just like naturally loving. They weren't just naturally generous. They weren't just naturally prayer warriors. What had happened was the Spirit of God had filled them and empowered them to be those things. 
And it's still true to this day. The same spirit who did that then works now, today, in our lives. You see, the spirit was transforming them into radically relational, loving, generous, praying people. And as a result, the community around them, the Bible tells us, was so profoundly impacted by the love of God, by the power of God's spirit in them, that day by day, new people were coming to faith in Jesus. And although a couple of millennia have, gone, have passed since then, it's a long time ago. Although lots of time has gone by, what has not changed is the power and the presence of the helper for everyone who puts their faith in him. Let me say it again. If you are a follower of Jesus, you have a helper. Jesus said not to be with you, but to live in you. You have a helper. But I think the real question this morning is this. You have the helper, but do you rely on his help? That's the real question, I think. You have help available to you. You have the helper living inside of you. The question is, do you rely on his help? Do you seek it out? Do you see your need for help? And do you want his help? Now I have to admit to you this morning that I am not very good at asking for help. Anybody want to join in me with me in the crowd? Okay, okay. I'm so glad I'm not alone in this. I'm not very good at asking for help. Um, There is something in me, and I'll admit that usually what that something is is pride that sort of blocks my acknowledgement of need and my willingness to ask for help. That sound familiar? I, I, I got it. I can do this, right? In fact, uh, I knew I was going to talk about this this morning. So this week, I said to my wife, I said to Stacy, hey, I'm talking about, you know, this. And, and I said, could you help me? Because I, I just can't ever remember, like, specific, you know, stories or situations. So I said, could you help me remember a time, a story, a situation where I needed help and I didn't ask for it? Because I was, you know, hoping to share a story right now. And no, no joke, here's, what, here's her answer to me. Oh, there are so many, I can't just think of one. <laughs> there are so many. And she's right. And most often, it has to do with, with like projects around the house. I, I do a lot of projects, but there have been some where I should have asked for help. And I didn't, and it, and it went sideways, right? Didn't work out so well. I, I'll admit that I'm not very good at asking for help. But, but, and, and here's the thing. Is I, I, okay, that's like house projects, that's stuff, that's, that's you know, our marriage, that stuff going on. But you, you realize that that carries over into my spiritual life as well. I, I, I don't need help. I got this. How easy is it for us to wait until the help of the Spirit becomes our last resort. 
instead of our first response. But I do want to tell you that God is growing me in this. In fact, this last year, the Spirit of God, through healing prayer, did a work of healing in my life, in particular in the area of wanting things to be done just right. Because a lot of my, I can do it on my own, I don't need help is, it needs to be done a certain way and it's got to be just like this. And so he has brought healing in me and freedom in me in that way. And, and because of that is growing me day by day. And I, I'm, I'm just telling you, many, many times, probably countless times during the day now, I am just coming and saying, I need your help and I want your help, Holy Spirit, over and over and over and over again. I have become more aware of my need for help and I want that help from God's Spirit in my life. And you know what? It is so good. It is so good when you get help. Isn't it? I mean, I know you don't like to ask for it, but when somebody comes and helps you, isn't it kind of nice? To like, okay, in fact, here, here, this just happened this week. Uh, so Pastor Tim came to me this week, and he just knows that there's some things on my plate right now that need to be done, and the, the, I haven't gotten them done yet. There are just some projects that, that have been sort of on the back burner in, 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 in you know, my life and ministry. And, uh, and Tim came to me this week, and he said, hey, uh, and he identified two things. He said, hey, you know this one thing, this thing right here, this project, and this thing over here that you, that you need to do, that you're working on? Um, why don't I just take that off your plate, and I'll just do it for you. I didn't ask him, but he just came and he said, can I, can I just help you with that? Can I just do it? I'll, I'll just send me what you've got and I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And I got to tell you, I was so thankful because I just walked away going, two, two things off the plate, two things are going to be done, and I received help. And in that case, I didn't even have to ask for it. And yes, Tim is helping, but I believe that it's help from God's Spirit who prompted him to say, why don't I do that? I'm not very good at asking for help, but God is growing me to be more aware and more willing of the help that I really need and to ask for it. Everything you need, everything you need to follow Jesus is, avail is available to you through the Helper. So stop trying so hard to live and love like Jesus on your own when you have a helper who can help you do it. In fact, it's the only way that you're going to be able to do it. So what I want to do this morning is I want to end this message. We've just taken sort of a, a, a flyover view of the first couple of chapters of Acts we have realized that a promise of the Spirit was kept, that the presence of the Spirit showed up, and that the power of the Spirit is available to every follower of Jesus as our helper. 
And I want to, and I'm going to ask the, the band to come up here at this time. And I want to conclude our service today, and I want to conclude sort of this reminder of where we have been in Acts by a reminder that if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a helper. And my question for you is this. Do you acknowledge that? Do you acknowledge that you need help? And not just this, because some of you would go, yes, when I need help, I'll ask for it. No, no, no. Will you acknowledge that you need help and that you want it? That you want help? Even when you may not feel the need, I think I can do this on my own, will you ask, do you want his help? What if, what if calling out to the Spirit, our helper, was our first response rather than our last resort? Don't you want that? Your first response, not your last resort. Would you stand up with me? I want to conclude this service by praying for you, and then we're going to sing a song about Holy Spirit. Um, But I want to pray for you because if you're anything like me, um, many of you, you have a hard time asking for help. And it's so interesting that Jesus said, a helper's coming. And then there's something inside of us that goes, I don't need help. Guess what? Yes, you do. Yes, you do, and so do I. Every moment, every day, we need help to follow Jesus. And and so I just want to, I just know for me personally as I was growing up that the times when I like responded and said, yes, I need help were times that were significant in my own spiritual growth. And and so I want to pray for you and give you an opportunity to say, yes, I need help. And I want to pray God's encouragement and blessing over you. So would you, would you just bow your heads with me as I want to close in prayer? But as I do, I also want to just ask if there's anybody specifically in this room that I should be praying for right now. And so my ask of you is this. If there's anyone in this room that the Spirit of God has been prompting you this morning by saying, yes, you, yes, you. I'm your helper and you need me. Do you want me? Uh, I I just want to ask you if if your answer to that is yes. I do need you and I do want you, Holy Spirit, to help me and empower me. I just want to ask you, would you you just lift your hand up and say, that's me and I need you to pray for me. Okay. Okay. Holy Spirit, you see each and every heart in this room and you see the individuals in this room right now who have lifted their hands, whose hearts are open and saying, yes, yes. My helper, I need you. And I want you to help me. And I just want to pray over these individuals right now, Holy Spirit, that you would do what you've done countless times. And that is, would you fill them afresh right now with your power and your presence. Spirit, would you prompt us 
to cry out to you for help as our first response. It is not easy to follow you, Jesus. There's so many blocks in the way in our own hearts and our own lives and around us. It's not easy. Thank you that you've given us help. And I pray your blessing on these individuals that are saying, I need that. I pray that you'd bless them with an awareness of your presence with an awareness of their need for you and with the faith to ask for help over and over again. God, fill us afresh, I pray, right now. We receive that. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen.